I'm curious to ask you about the structure because that's the, the, the I think also related to the multi-material when we speak about in soft robotics, we have a challenge of combining different material or maybe material with different mechanical, same material with different mechanical properties. But when I'm looking at Zinobot, combining the skin with the heart to make this motion, do you think uh, maybe there's me um, other thoughts how you design them? Or you, I, I'm not expert in that, but do you think there's me different structure beyond that what you have already done, or why you select this design, or maybe the initial guess for that? How you come up with the initial guess? Yeah, I mean, so I, I think I heard many questions in there. <laughs> One of them is, you know, what's beyond frog skin and heart muscle tissue? The answer is, of course hundreds and thousands of different kinds of tissue types that you find in frogs, that you find in other species. You know, in this, this first study, we basically made available to the evolutionary algorithm just two types of Lego bricks, skin and heart. Um, yeah. We are continuing this work forward and, and making available many more types of, of tissues to the AI so it can build things using lots of different quote unquote Lego bricks. Um, you, you also were highlighting this this question of structure, which again mm -hmm. is um, very important to us. So if you think about designing materials, you could parameterize you know um, the space of possible materials and apply an existing machine lear learning method to you know regress to the optimal set of parameters to describe that material and then manufacture it. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of advantages in, in doing that. And again, that that emerging technology is going to be very exciting. But what happens if you don't know the number of parameters that you're you're trying to yeah. learn? Again, you come back to this idea of a generative process. So the thing that's being built, the structure, you know, may have more or less parts. If you come at this from a reinforcement learning um, point of view, you can't assume that the dimensionality of the state mm -hmm. space or the action space is fixed. The dimensionality might grow over the mm -hmm. training period. The robot may, you know, grow new new muscles. There aren't many machine learning methods that are able to successfully grapple with with those kinds of uh, machines. There's also the question beyond structure of topology. So not just the 3D shape of something, but you know the number of connected parts, the number of holes. Um, if you are thinking about swarms of robots or swarms of xenobots that temporarily attach and detach from one another, you have you know dynamically changing structure and topology. These are very difficult. But these are design spaces that are particularly difficult to find gradients and descend within. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think basically that's, an open yeah. problem. Yeah, that's interesting. And I, I, I would like to go back about the morphology because I think that's also uh, a debate in soft robotic field, how, how morphological computation can enhance understanding uh, how we control soft robots. So in Xenobot, how right. the morphology was important for you since it's dynamically changing structure and it's challenging. So how how yeah. you manage that? Yeah, that's a great question. So again, as we were just talking about uh, automatically designing or finding good or optimal morphologies or structures is particularly difficult. When we were uh, evolving the Xenobots, it was even more difficult because the parts of the morphology, the parts of the Xenobot body, there were lots of properties of those tissues that were unknown to us. So for example, 
the the quote unquote motors that drive the xenobot is frog heart muscle tissue and heart muscle tissue if you put together into the shape of an adult uh, adult frog heart then all of that tissue will communicate with itself and spontaneously synchronize and that's good because then the adult frog heart will decrease and increase in volume and act as a pump which is what you want the heart to do but if you take heart muscle tissue and, and rearrange it, put it together in new patterns, um, and this is what we learned from our biology colleagues, you can't guarantee that all of that connected tissue will synchronize. Mm -hmm. So if we have a, an evolutionary algorithm that is tinkering with different ways of putting pieces of heart muscle tissue together, how does the evolutionary algorithm know how that tissue will act in the simulation? So again, maybe for your listeners who don't know, we were evolving uh, simulated xenobots in a physics engine, and we need to build into that physics engine the properties of these skin and these patches of skin and heart muscle tissue. Mm -hmm. So we asked Doug Blackiston, our microsurgeon colleague, we said, well, how should, how should we model the behavior of the heart muscle tissue? And, and Doug, in essence, shrugged and said, I don't yeah. know. So... We, we assumed that uh, in any simulated xenobot, um, that any patches of heart muscle tissue would, uh, would expand and contract in volume at, at random phase offsets from other mm -hmm. pieces of tissue in the same xenobot. What that means is you've now asked the evolutionary algorithm to try and build a machine out of unreliable parts. There, there's random action in those parts. This is an mm. extremely difficult design problem. Yeah. So mm. I, uh, I, uh, I describe this. You, uh, one way to think about this is imagine that you had to build a boat um, and you could put human rowers into that boat. But the human rowers, when they row in the water, they're going to row at f random phase offsets from one another. They're not going to synchronize and all row mm -hmm. together. Yeah. You can put as many of these human rowers in the boat as you want at any position. Your task mm -hmm. is to design the shape of that boat and where to put the rowers so that the boat goes straight as quickly as possible. It's, That's trick. Yeah, it's basically an impossible task for a human to solve, yeah. or at least no one's come to me with a solution yet. But it yeah. turns out one of the things that from, as a computer scientist that was most exciting about the Xenobots project is that an AI can solve this problem. The evolutionary algorithm can figure out how to build a, a more or less reliable machine out of unreliable mm -hmm. parts.